Welcome to episode 55 of the Late Challenge podcast, in which, amongst other things, we'll be talking about Liverpool Football Club beating Brentford Football Club away from home for the first time since 1938, and asking why teams from other cities play Beatles songs before their matches, as well as checking in on our rivals for the title after the 115 club dropped points against Todd Bowley's Super Chelsea Blues, and a new regular feature on my agendas at least Checking in on how Xabi Alonso is doing and whisper it quietly. Could he be better than Klopp? Going to cause murder with that. Um, but first to the main talking point of the weekend. I heard before the game at the weekend, before the Liverpool game, in a couple of different places, a stat being rolled out that we hadn't beaten Brentford away since 1938. And I straight away picked up my phone and made the notes because it was my week to do the agenda. So you're always looking for things to put in to talk about. And I put a note to my phone saying, I'm going to talk about that because it's my least favourite thing in football and it drives me fucking mad and I'm sick of hearing it. And then I went on Twitter slash X before the game and I saw that Robbo had a be in his bonnet about the very, like the exact same thing. Um, so I thought it was a perfect place to start. And it's funny, it was funny, it actually made me laugh and I'm like, oh, there's a... There's me mate and co-host. Is it perfect harmony with my thing? So Robbo's tweet was this, for any of you that don't or aren't already on to what I'm talking about. Robbo said, still trotting out the bullshit stats for fuck's sake. First league win at Brentford since 1938. Yet this being the fourth time we've played them away from the away in the league in the 86 years that have followed. So be to be clear, before the weekend, we played Brentford three times since 1938 at their place. We'd in the won league. one in the league, yeah. We'd won, we'd drawn two and lost one. So then we won at the weekend. So when everyone's like, it's the first time you've won it since 1938, what they never seem to mention, and I, I never get this, no one ever, they say it like, we're in the same fucking league. You're like, we haven't played them. <laughs> we haven't fucking played them. Also, like, we did play them in the League Cup and we beat them. And beat them. In the 80s. 83, I think it was. But it, like... But that, it, but that doesn't fit the narrative, so that doesn't get so mentioned. So we can't say that. Yeah. But it's like, it blows my fucking mind. So like to highlight the point, I was thinking about some of the teams. Like not only have we never beat them since 1938, we've never beaten in our illustrious history. Mughal Town FC, they're my local team growing up. Uh, Melchester Rovers. That's who Roy the Rovers plays for. Uh, the Chicago Bulls and the Indian National Cricket Team. We've never beat any of them. No. Marine unbeaten against Liverpool as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, it's just bollocks, isn't it? And like, I think I think the reason it got up my nose and I've seen a lot of people came back to me about, about that tweet as well was just that it was it was pushed so hard by TNT. It was like it was like in the preview, it was during the game, it was mentioned repeatedly as though like it was some big hoodoo or yeah. you know some Are big they bogey. Break this hoodoo yeah. that goes back pre-World War II. So yeah. they've come up, right? And we've drawn there once, three all, and then we got beat last season. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. They're, they're the only ones that are actually relevant, aren't they? Because mm. all the others are like ancient history. And then, yeah, and then to trot it out as though like the 86, 87 years period of, you know, that we're talking about here is relevant. They weren't even in our league. So I, I don't get it. I, I don't I don't understand why, like, if you're, you know, you're prepping that, you you take that as being a worthy bit of information. And, and I think we're getting to the stage now where, like, the difference between the good the good pundits and the bad pundits and the good journalists and the bad journalists 
is getting ever ever wider and ever more noticeable. Like I, I, I remember talking to a journalist years ago, a good one, and we were just having a bit of a natter about direction of travel with the industry. You know, what could you do to sort of guard against it? Were, were there any skills you could get to try and, you know, continue to make a living out of it and all that? And we talked about, you know, obviously like going more digital, doing podcasts, X, Y, Z, all of this. One of the things he said, which is semi come true is, he said, I don't, he said, I can see like newspapers dying, which they quite clearly are some awful stats on that out over the weekend that I saw. Um, and it's a shame, but it, it's happened and it's happening, and, you know, it is what it is. But he said journalists, I, he said, I don't think journalists will die, or certainly not a lot of them, because he said, what, he, he said, what I think people like is certain personalities, certain ways that things are delivered, you know, et cetera. And I think that's borne out in the popularity of, of, of podcasts. Mm. And he, he said, I think you get to the stage where you'll pay for like your journalists that you like, do you know what I mean? And, and like you've sort of got that already now, like with substacks and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned Neil Jones occasionally on here and he's got one and I hope it's going well for Neil, top lad, and check that out if you haven't done already. Um, but he's not the only one doing that, you know. Um, oh, it's the other lads, I feel really bad now that I've, I've brought him up and forgot his name. Josh Williams, is it? That his name? He, he's sometimes on the rap. Um, talks a lot about football. Oh, I think I saw he's just just, he's just set one up, distance covered. That's it. Thing, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. That, that's good that we got there because that mm. wasn't on no, any agenda. But yeah, he's set one up, hasn't he? And and you know he's trying to make a go of it, sort yeah. of on his own. And it, it's the it's the same sort of stuff. But, but it's happening main in it's happening in mainstream media as well. There's lots of people who've broken away from the mainstream because they don't like the being pushed the narrative that you've got to yeah, say yeah, and yeah. the lines you've got to stick to and. And that's what I'm seeing as well. It's funny, I was watching something on the way over. Independent media, but it's basically just one person who's set up their own YouTube, their own Substack, their own podcast, and gone, I'll just be, I'll be the journalist. Whether you like me and trust me, you'll get my news. Arsenal lad's done well out of it, hasn't he? Um, The one who does arse blog. Um, and he, you know, that's basically a, a lad on his own as well. But I think the, I think one of the reasons stuff like that is thriving, the independent stuff is because of how bad some of the mainstream stuff is. And that was a prime example at the weekend. I mean, I don't know whether that's down to Fletch or whether or or, or JJ or whether they're just giving you, a load of. I, up. I can see you'd love Fletch and JJ. Okay. Fletch and Savage. They sometimes are a duo you'd love. But are they given a pile of notes and they're just or, or is that their prep? I I mean, I think if you're the lead commentator, that's your prep. That's how I would think it. Well, they're given a stats pack, aren't they? I think. Yeah, they, they, they often reference. That yeah, but like you know, information in it. We we went to a stage at the app of interviewing quite a few of them, you know, during COVID and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, and I remember like interviewing Claire Tilsley and and what have you, and like. You know, he, he sold some of his notes, hasn't he? Like framed for like big games and all that. And they're unbelievable and they're great. And you can see the homework that's gone into them. And it's not bullshit like that. It's not like this sort of like, you know, gaslighting that Liverpool have got a problem at Brentford or whatever. It, it's stuff that you actually want to know. Yeah. And I think I think the skill with someone like Clive is, when you listen to his commentaries, it doesn't feel like it's crowbarred in. You know, he doesn't talk too much, does he? He talks and it's good and he comes out with some cracking lines and we've, we've all got lines from Clive that, you know, stay in your mind forever or whatever. But when all that prep that's clearly in front of him, he, he seems to just, he has that knack of dropping it in in a natural way at the right time. 
Whereas if you listen to someone like Sam Matterface, I, I have to turn, I start to turn the radio off or the telly off when it's him. I can't stand them. And like, I can't pretend otherwise. That might be like not the done thing in the modern day to say you've got a strong opinion about someone else. But I, I can't stand that. I can't stand what he's delivering to my ears. And I have to look for something else because he crowbars in bad puns, too many facts. And like, you know, comes across and might be pot kettle as a really bad knower all at times. Like, you know, like he was, he was, he was talking about something at the weekend and I heard it. And one of the other pundits that was on said he, dis- he disagreed with them. And he was such an arse back because it was like, how dare you say you disagree with me? Like, and like, if I, seen, if I remember rightly, she had a point as well. But yeah, I, I, like I say, I think, I feel like, you know, that's where we're going. We're, we're, certainly with 40 media where you're just going to pick, you know, the ones you like. And, and look, you know, there are ways and means, and people were saying this to me, there are ways and means to li- watch the Liverpool match in another way shall we say so like people were saying to me you need to get onto the american coverage you know because they don't do that and you might like that a bit better so now i'm i think if think if i'm not at a game and liverpool are playing and it's tnt and it's them two again i think i'd go and actively look for an alternative now after that because it was so annoying yeah but it's interesting isn't it because I've thought this for a while with, with lots of the mainstream ones. You, know, you, you see people, and it's funny that it's like there's stuff come up with you know our, our old mate Joey Joey Barton who referenced when he's criticising like the the women who've come into the game as commentators and stuff. And because um, I'm I'm watching like the criticism he's at, he's got of certain female pundits. And I'm thinking, but mate, you, you, what you're not mentioning is how many male pundits are, Bad are ones. fucking awful. Yeah. Like they're shite and. You know, we've had chats with people behind the scenes where they're like, yeah, yeah, there's certain people again who turned up really well prepared and they've got loads of stuff to say and um, and then others who just rock up and just fucking spout shit and you're sitting there next to them thinking, and we're like, yeah, you can tell. (laughs) And you're watching your own going, you're not adding anything to my fucking knowledge of this game. And But again, that's why fan media has also been popular because people have started going, well, we'd rather hear you talk about it than them. And it's funny because when you mentioned Clive Tilsley, I was thinking, I bet you the difference between a Clive Tilsley and I don't, I, I couldn't even really tell you. I know who Sam Matterface is, but I, I've never paid enough attention to him to be able to compare. But I bet you, like, there's something that Tilsley would do. And I think you, you see this in any great interviewer. I was thinking this at the weekend watching, did you see Rio Ferdinand interviewed Jose Mourinho? No, I didn't see do, that. Do, they, so they've got like this big exclusive, obviously through it being Rio Ferdinand and fair play to them. And I watched, they released it in three parts and I watched the first one and I haven't watched the rest yet because of what I'm about to say, but I will, because I'm interested in hearing what Mourinho's got to say. It's about, you know, his first interview after being sacked by Roma. And he's sitting there being interviewed by Ferdinand, who is a famous ex-footballer, in my eyes, a decent pundit, but he's not an interviewer. And he's got his mate with him, who I don't know who he is. I think he's just some fella who's his mate and he he's, does his podcast with him. And he's, look, we do this. Everyone's open to criticism. Everyone's open to their own, entitled to their own opinion. On Did us, he have as a we beard? Get. Yeah. It's not Howsome, was it? I don't know. I don't know what his name is, but he's just, I just don't think he's great. And <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, um, the thing about a great interviewer for me is, it doesn't matter who you are, you listen to what the person's saying and you respond to that, whatever they've just said. So you might have a list of questions, but you don't just go through your list of questions. Mm. And what I see loads of is like, 
Joe Mourinho would say, give an answer. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, that's interesting. Ask him more about that. And they go, right, so anyway, Jose, uh, tell us what your favourite way to prepare a match is. And you're like, he was just talking about being offered the Portugal job. Ask him more about being yeah, offered yeah, the yeah. Take him down the foot he wants. He's mentioned it himself. He volunteered that information to you. Then they say England came for him as well. Yeah, well, that's in the one I'm about to watch. Yeah. It'll be interesting because I think the great interviewers, they end up, you end up with people on, a, on an interview going, I've never talked about this before. But they're just being led down a path because it's a normal conversation. And I think that going back to the Tilsley thing, I bet you if you looked at Clive Tilsley's notes, why he's so good is, He'll probably throw away fifty percent of his prep. Oh, yeah, easy. So he's going. He's made all if his prep, more. and he and he's going through and going. That's the time to throw this in, but I'll leave this other one out because it it didn't turn out to be relevant. Whereas the others are going. Well, I've prepared this, so I'm putting it in. And and look, I'll bl- blow a bit of smoke up our ass for this. It's one of the reasons we joke about. We often don't get through agendas because we just go where it fucking takes mm. us. And I notice you do it when I'm looking at your agendas, and I know I do it on mine as we're talking. We're sort of editing in real time, yeah, aren't yeah, we? You're like, oh, like you're looking oh, at that and go, well, I'll yeah. just fuck that off now yeah. and I'll skip it because don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm sure someone will come back and go, well, you seem like you crowbarred this in. Of course, sometimes we crowbar something in because we think, well, it's still a bit relevant and it's funny or, you know, it's worth, it's worth it for the power of it. But I think that's the beauty of like doing something. It's like, well, that's why it's good to listen to because it just, it actually makes it sound like it's just a conversation. And that's, it's funny, isn't it? Like whenever you think of anything that's brilliant, I remember having this argument once with my uncles about Barcelona under Pep. And they said to me, that it's a Guardiola's football with Barcelona is an example of how simple football is. And I remember going to them, no, it's an example of how naive you are about modern football. And they were like, why? And I went, because you think he's saying to them, just go out and play. He's not. It looks like it's dead simple because of how much work he's put into it. Like it looks like they're just making it up on the spot because of how much they've practiced that it looks natural. And that's the same in comedy and acting and all performances, yeah. isn't it? And I think that's the bit that's, that's missed by by the... And look, the reality is in anything you do, there's going to be people who are brilliant at it. Yeah, there's a league table of, of good pundits down to bad pundits. And I mean, the, the Brentford one, you know... <laughs> I, I, not, it wasn't just the stat thing. So, like, you know, people might be watching or listening, thinking, are they just going on about that? They said one stat. It wasn't just that either for me. It was like, it, it was the way they kept going on about like Brentford being like dominant and Brentford like creating loads of chances and things like this. And I was, I was watching the game thinking, am I going mad here? Because that's not what I'm watching. And like, you know, they started much the better side and all this. And I'm, I actually ended up like I was sitting there and I was going, okay, on any basis of the, like I was questioning myself going like, you know, am I, am I biased there? I probably am. I'm a Liverpool fan of course, of, of supporters of Liverpool all my life. So I was getting up a few of the apps, stat apps, and I was going, okay, the fucking XG is 0.2. So they've dominated yet yeah, and like created fuck all then, basically. So that's not dominating then, is it? Oh, they haven't won a corner. But but you're saying they're all over us, and and then I was like, it just isn't true, and they kept saying it, and it was like I don't get why it it, it was it felt like, and I know like you know you can, you can be a bit tin at about these things, but it felt like they wanted to sow a narrative of Brentford are going to lay one on Liverpool here, <laughs> and yeah. and like you know 
I said before the game, like, you know, it did have a bit of a hint of a banana skin type fixture about it in, in terms of a side that, you know, we've gone there and got beat last season. We've gone there before and drawn not so long back. You know, the, the, the you know, the good at set pieces, it's half 12, all of those things. But, but, and that sound, if that's your mindset when you're the commentator, going into it before a ball's kicked, if you said all of those things to me and I'm watching, I'd be going, yeah, fair enough. But once the actual fucking game's played, <laughs> yeah. brush that to the side and talk yeah. about what's actually what's unfolding. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and hopefully add little bits of insight along the way. That isn't, here's a crowbar stat that doesn't stand up to any kind of scrutiny because Liverpool went there in 83 and won in the League Cup anyway. And, and even Klopp was saying it, wasn't he? Like, after the game, he says in one of the interviews, he did, oh, apparently we haven't won there since 1938. Yeah. Like, no! Yeah. I know. I mean, I saw that bit and I felt like, like throwing something at the screen. And going, Jürgen, don't fucking buy into their shit. Imagine if you went to him, we haven't played there though, Jürgen. Like, oh. <laughs> and we right. have in the League Cup and we won. And we won. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, why is everyone why saying is 1938 well? yeah. then? Yeah. Well, because you just want to ignore stuff. It's like the um, it's like the bullshit about like you know blah blah blah. The top scorer in Premier League history, Sam mate. Okay, so before nineteen ninety two, there was football, you know, and does that not count now? No, and, and like that does me. I didn't, you know, like just 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 be honest about well, Ian, what Ian Rush does did counts and I, know, <laughs> and I know some of that was was in Premier League history but also some of it wasn't yeah but you know he's still playing top flight English football and he still scored this many goals therefore that should count in the conversation and we shouldn't only just talk about well, Alan Shearer well uh, the funniest thing I think comes with that when is when Gary Lineker's forced to like wheel out those wheel out those stats and he's sitting there with Shearer there. So Shearer's obviously at the top of all those yeah. stats. And Gary Lineker's always like, he's always got a smile on his face when he's saying them. Because he's in that, in our camp, isn't he? Because he's like, hello. Yeah, what about? I, I was all right, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. scored a few goals, you know. But uh, I know that doesn't count because it was before the fucking money came rolling in. It's, but you know what? Perfect example because we, we wanted to talk about the, the game itself. And and I'm, I'm skipping a bit about uh, them playing Hey Jude before the game, which... We haven't got the time to talk about. No, I think it's wild. Because um, it, it was, like, the game itself. It just, if you forget, because I was the same as you, like, I'm watching, even after the game, they're like, yeah, it was a tricky first half. And Thomas Frank came out and, yeah, we do we dominated the first half. And you're like, eh. But for me, I just looked at it. And I, I often think this with footy. You take the emotion away. You take the commentary away. You look at the game. You watch it back. I used to do this for the rap loads when I was doing the review in yeah, the early yeah. days and I'd have to watch it twice. And it was dead funny because I, I didn't have to watch it twice, but I would. Your views watching it the first time with emotion when you don't know what's going to happen and then your view of the same game when you watch it, knowing what happened but with without emotion, completely different. Because you end up watching things and going, yeah, they had the ball for 10 minutes. They didn't get anywhere near our goal. <laughs> and, I, and I was going to say to you, because to me, it was just, yeah, tricky away game, potential banana skin, but we actually walked away from it going dead professional, solid performance, battered them pretty much, could have scored more with big, big chances that we missed and, you know, set some, I mean, a few mad new records along the way, which, which this team loves to do and will come on to. But the big one I wanted to mention to you, and we've been at 
I think we, we've been guilty of doing this from a Liverpool perspective. And I saw City was the same against Chelsea the other day. I'm starting to think that another, another stat that people love talking about, which I'm starting to realise is just a bit fucking pointless, is total shots. Because I think that's what played into it in the first half. It's like, in, in the whole game, we both had 15 shots. And I'm like, I'm what? Like, their shots were like, they're playing around outside our yeah, box. The and low quality. Some, someone just has it like a scuffs a shot from 25 yards, that, like dribbles wide. And as a Liverpool fan watching that, I'm like, Sam, shoot from there yeah. all you want, mate. And our defenders and our goalie are like, job done. That's what we're here for. Thanks. But on the on the stats and the commentary, it's like, whoa, this fucking plays into our... They've had five shots in the first 10 minutes. Like, well, I couldn't give a flying fuck how many shots they've had. It doesn't matter. It goes back to the thing we, we often say about Pep Linders when he said, our job is to create chances that are like eight, nine, and 10 out of 10. We don't want to have loads of and shots on the edge that, of the box. We, we've seen that with this Liverpool, haven't we? Like, I think you've seen that. You know, that's why I find it fucking infuriating, by the way, that, like... Stop doing it, everyone. When you go to Anfield and like Joe Gomez is 35 yards out and you all start going, shoot, fuck off. What is that? That for me is an old is an old school versus new school thing, isn't it? Like I think if that was us as kids, right, and we'd done that, whoever was taking us, Joe, the, or your older brother, your uncle, the old fella standing next to you would have clipped you yeah, around the ear up, and gone, man. shut up, dickhead. We don't do that here. And now it's fucking crept in. Well, I'm, I, I don't quite do that, but I, I do find myself at Anfield. Just going, people around here, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Caught head. Yeah. Um, but I do just sort of like find myself going, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> because, I don't want him to shoot from 35 yards. I want, well, I want him to, to create Joe, a, a But they're doing good... it to Joe Gomez. And you're like, sorry, fellas. We, he hasn't scored for 240 games or whatever it is. And you think his best chance is a left-footed shot from 25 yards. Fuck off. It's mad. It's wild. And, and, and like, you know, like, as you said, they're rightly, they, they have made, they have, you know, they, they worked with all like the mathematicians and all that, didn't they? Probability of scoring type of thing and all that. And you can tell you've seen it that they, they'll be patient now. You know, like they, they sort of t surely should have taught us a better way to watch the game. Just be patient, chill the fuck out. Liverpool will create chances. That's how they play football. And yet you still got this shoe bollocks. And it's like, well, one, how many goals come from 30 yards or, or, or further out these days? Not many, I would venture. I haven't got the stats in front of me. And look, I I love one that flies in from distance. Who doesn't? We we're all we're all kids at heart, like we said so many times on here. But to keep doing that over and over again at a home game, it's just counterproductive shit and jibby. Just fuck it off. Um, but yeah, I I you know I can remember games you know going to watch Liverpool and and like they start panicking because the you know the results not going their way and they are shooting from thirty five yards and they just fly over the bar they don't go anywhere and then you see all of the the defenders patting themselves on the back and going Sam let we get to reset we've got the ball let's take our time jobs are good and and a lot of that what was that from Brentford like you know you expected something from them. You know, I, I I thought they'd be they'd try and start fast, try and get in our faces, um, get stuck in, all of those things. And they and, and they did try and do all of those things. And I think Klopp was what well, I like I like where Klopp referenced. So he's obviously been 
he's been done, hasn't he, quite a few times. I was just seeing if it was on here. Yeah, it is on here. He's been done now, hasn't he, many a time now for sort of having a go at refs. He either when he's out on the pitch and, you know, he's gone and celebrated in someone's face or whatever, or in terms of what he said afterwards and all that. And I, I've thought for ages, like, we know he's got a chimp knocking around in him that he, that needs to come out of its cage now and again. Now and, again. and I feel like he's, I wonder if he, how much, I'd love to know how much coaching he's had behind the scenes of, let's just keep yourself out of trouble here. And so I thought it was quite clever when he he basically said, Mad that wasn't it that um you know Liverpool um Liverpool got done eighteen times for giving a foul away, and Brentford only four, and he was like, but he he didn't the way, the way he said it he didn't dress it up as being a criticism of that's a bit mad which it fucking is by the way, he he he, he, he instead he said so that meant we had to we had a lot of set pieces to defend, and that was difficult and that made it hard for us and it almost. You know, it almost sounded like he was he was giving Brentford credit, mm. whereas obviously, you know, you could shine off the surface. He's having he's he's having a pop. He's like, how oh, the fuck when they were flying in on our, on our players after only giving away four fouls in fucking ninety odd minutes? And you know, I, I still don't know, but I thought it was clever how he did that. Yeah, yeah, and that was interesting. And, and well, but something else back to the like tied into that, but with the narrative thing as well is. You look at Brentford and even their form this year, like they're not as they don't seem as strong as they were last season. And they had Pinnock missing, and they, they said that even themselves after the game, that was a big loss mm. to us. And that was apparent in a couple of the goals they conceded. That I was yeah. like, fucking hell, lads. What, what's happening on that Gakpo one? <laughs> well, the Gakpo one, but even the what, even Salah's one, where like even watching it live, just as the ball drops, I don't know who, I think it was Ben Me, was just like, nah, I'll just leave that. And you're like, what? Mo Salah's standing right next to you, mate. You need to go yeah. for it. He's like, nah, it'll be fine. He, <laughs> like, he didn't back himself at all, did he? No. Like, even when, like, you know, he's, he's he looks bigger than Salah, doesn't he? But Salah's just fucking sound. Like, I'd love to know. I'd love to know watching that. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you love, love to just see, like, he'd defo win. But wouldn't you just love to see how strong he is? Do you know what I mean? I would. Because, like, you know, you see him and he's absolutely ripped and he's got like, a, you know, he's got like an eight pack or something. He's got abs or, or some other muscles that I didn't even know existed going on when he's got his top off. And he's once told me he actually has. Like he actually, when he takes his shirt off, he's actually so in shape. He's got like certain muscles developed that like only 1% of humans ever develop. Or that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, so his strength is obviously unbelievable. And I just thought that was like a, like a great example of it that... You know, he got this big groch. His face just said, oh, I can't be arsed with this, as you're saying. It was like, I, I know I know, I know, know how this is going to end. Do you have to go through this? Oh, come on then. I'll lean on you a bit and I'll try and put you. No. Oh, has it gone in? Well, of course it's gone in. Do you know what I mean? That's what his body language said. But Mo's just like that, isn't he? Just like this solid rock holding him off. I'll just put that in the corner now. Sam. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons I love him. And we'll come on to talk about him, one of our new cash phrases a bit later. Um, <laughs> That I think going back you know, to my that you ate that everything happens for a reason. You can trace. I think you can trace the Mo Salah now back to the Champions League final when Ramos did him. 100%. And I think in that moment, Mo Salah went, "You'll never do that to me again, you prick!" And no bullies like you will ever do that to me again. And he went and did what I've always loved. I, I don't really like Cristiano Ronaldo, like 
holistically, if that's a good way to describe it. Like, I think he's a boss football, but just I just don't like him. I think no, it comes across there's, there's as a plenty of things. There's to plenty like of things to not like doing yeah. all the story. Google his name. But yeah, exactly. All that stuff. Um, whereas Messi is like this likable, great footballer. But the thing I've always liked about Ronaldo is he, he wasn't as good as Messi. Like just as pu two pure footballers. But what he did was fucking, no, I'm just going to become a, a monster. I'm going to become a powerhouse, Physic, physically yeah. fit, jump higher than you. I watched a thing on him once about him, Joe, how, how, he, how he improved the height of his jump and like his hang time. And, yeah. and you're like, fucking hell. And you would, you'd see it in games, couldn't you? Yeah. Like he'd fucking jump at the back post for the head and he'd be like, Fucking hell, lad, are you defying gravity somehow? What, what, what the fuck are you do? And he had, he'd worked on that. Salah from that Champions League final, he, that's how he became the, the, the beast he is now. And every, people did talk about that and sat in the commentary. Like, his strength is ridiculous. And because he's a bit smaller, he's got the lower sense of gravity and stuff. I think as well, like, there was, you know, there's a time earlier in, in his career as well. Like, you think about he 44 goals, wasn't it? First season at Liverpool, I think I'm right in saying. Um, and I, I think, you know, obviously that, that's quite the announcement to make when you when you come to a league and come to a club. And there was definitely a stage where we as Liverpool fans were all saying, is he is he just not going to get any protection from the FC or no? Oh. And they were throwing him round all over the show, elbowing him, shouldering him, you know, and, and I can remember him getting off the turf so many times and being like, yeah, any, any, any hopes, any hopes yeah. and, and like that seemed to go on for a while. And then I, I think you're right. I think, you know, that, that coupled with Ramos, he's just gone right. Watch this then. If this if this is the game we have to play, then I'll go and look for another way I can get my advantages. And look, you you only have, you only have to like sort of. He doesn't do too much, does he? Like he, he like likes to have a bit of an air of mystery about him. And like doesn't really do media too much. Don't hear too much about him as a person or anything like that. He just sort of, you know, he's on a little bit on the down low for an absolute superstar. But I always love that one about Ben Foster, you know, where he, he's gone up to Ben Foster and said, like, you know, it, it was it if I had got a penalty, what way would you have gone? Yeah, just out of interest. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, that's interesting, isn't it? So we like, they've won the game and he's still looking for some little competitive advantage he can take into some other occasion. Yeah. And Ben Foster was impressed, wasn't he? He, he was saying himself, I've never known anyone else to do that. Yeah. But so, that just shows you the difference, doesn't yeah. it? And, we, I think we mentioned last week, and it was it was Ferdinand talking about this when he moved to United, and that's the difference in level. Like, and it, and it was funny. Do you remember the other week when it was him and Harvey Elliott? I can't remember what match it was, but it was him and Harvey Elliott being interviewed on the pitch after the game, and he was basically like giving Elliott advice, like there, yeah. and Elliott's like laughing. It was like he was giving his son advice, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm always giving him advice in training," but it's like they're getting to see, and this is the thing about the environment that someone like Klopp creates, and and you get in this like ecosystem of a of a club like ours now. And this happens at City and it happened in the great United sides and our great sides in the past, is the difference between, Joe, you've seen what's happened to some young players and new signs come into the United ecosystem and it just it eats them up and makes them worse. You have young lads coming into this and they're like, so who's the, who's the example of how we should be? Like the best player in the world, one of the best players in the world. What's he doing? Is he lazy? No, he's the hardest working. Like, oh, what's he doing? He's doing everything he possibly can to be the best. That's how he's the best. And well, let's throw it in now because we were talking about it. Like, it, it, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I saw, I think you tweeted this to the people, Joe. There's that thing that everyone rolls out now. It's like, there's loads of stats when it's someone, someone else has done something 
And the line is always, it's they're the best other than Mo Salah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it always makes, it makes us laugh because laugh, you're like, but he's put himself in another category and, and one of these, um, and this, I mean, this is partly the Premier League thing we were talking about before, but it is what it is. Mo Salah has now both scored and assisted in 30 different Premier League games. Only Rooney, Henri and Shearer have done so more. And so he's done 30, Shearer's done 31, Henri 32 and Rooney 36. So you would think, I mean, he might even, he might even top that this year, yeah. might be the way he's going. And this is a fellow who after that first season, people have always, que- like people have still questioned, then you're like, it's mad that anyone questions. He's come back from games away and injury and this is him thrown in when he wasn't meant to be coming on so early. No. And he's just like, yeah, sound, I'll just get back into Hasn't it. Played Don't worry about Newcastle. It. And like, yeah, just comes in, assist, goal, jobs are good. And, and like, you know, a little bit of sort of incredulous, I can't even say the word, a bit surprise that him, <laughs> that he, you know, he, he cocks up a chance. But then I love the way he just like buzzes off himself on that. And he's just like, it's almost like he has an expression on his face, like, be another one in a minute, watch my, this. My fa- I use him as an example in coaching, right? Just in general coaching about the attitude to have to life. Like, he 99 times out of 100 when he misses a chance he laughs he smiles because yeah. he is his attitude is yeah of course i have yeah. to miss chances and it, that's just the way it is and it, it's funny because i want to take us nicely on to talk about like another striker who it's it is i i think darwin nunez people like darwin nunez it's always funny watching the difference between how he's treated by his own fans especially when he's a liverpool player it's different at other clubs but we take to players like Nunes. And then the re- when the rest of the country are questioning them, it almost makes us support them more, doesn't yeah. it? And I fucking love him. And I think it's fair to say that's the general feel amongst most fans. And I know people, there are people who question him. And we've said, this, you know, it's fine to question him yeah. and doubt him and say, look, we expect more from him and stuff. And I know everybody, it, it's funny this. I, I I laugh at myself when this happens. We've we've said this about Mo Salah when it's like everyone's raining about him. I'm like, I don't think people talk about him enough. Even with everyone saying that finish on Saturday was amazing, I don't think enough was made of it. No, like it was unbelievable. It's, it's fucking outrageous yeah. what he did <laughs> when he's when he's through one. Imagine if you did you know, like the old question of sport going back to the what happened next? Um, our thing last week of a uh, old thing did we do that on Patreon? Um, old sports stars and stuff. Well, old TV shows. What happened next in question of sport? Yeah, Look Bill Bowman. Bill Bowman's not getting it. that, is he? Now imagine that. Imagine if you freeze framed it. And, and imagine, imagine if everyone knew who he was as well. So he's like, this is a lad who no one's backing. They asked Crouch in commentary, didn't he? Did you think he was going to score one-on-one? Even though we love him, I think if you'd have frozen time and said to all Liverpool fans, let's vote, do you think he'll score? Probably would have been 50-50. Mm. If you'd have then said, for everyone who thinks he will score, or forget everyone who thinks he will, how do you think he'll try and finish it? To say he'll fucking lob him. And you're like, the keeper hasn't gone down. Nope. The keeper is going to stand up and he's going to jump with his... Watch it again. I've been watching it over and over again. The keeper stands up tall and jumps with his hand in the air and he still he still lobs him. And you know, as it's in the air and you watch it, you're like, that won't come down in time to go in. And it goes in. And then you see Klopp's reaction when you see that. Like, it's just such a brilliant reaction, that, isn't it? When in real time... You see how he reacts to him trying that finish. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? It's a bit like it reminded me of, um, do you remember Alonso and Gerard against Luton? You're going to say that, yeah. Where, 
Gerard's like, pass it to me, yeah, pass it to me, pass it to off. me. Fucking hell, Jabby. And then it goes in. Yeah, really. and get in, Jabby. Also, always knew it was going in. That's what that's what Klopp reminded me of. Just outrageous, isn't yeah. it? Like, what? Unbelievable. Like, you know, um, when, when you know, it was one of them rare occasions, really, uh, for me on Saturday where I hadn't gone because um, I had stuff planned. I, I could have actually gone, but... I had stuff planned with my little lad, and uh, so I, I just watched it on the telly. Didn't go to the pub, didn't watch it with anyone else. It was on Be Todd in my, but you know, like turned to the WhatsApp group and was just sort of like, you know, throwing bits and bobs in as as the games going on. And uh, yeah, I think I put I think I put when he scored that. It's, aud- it's audacious from the big man because <laughs> it was. It was just like, oh my god. Yeah. What a fucking goal that is! Yeah, and, and like uh, I think you've got it here, haven't you? Like I saw that tweet from from Owen. Um, well, I'm, I'll re- I'll read it out for anyone yeah. who didn't see it because I saw this and I thought it's funny because as I read this from Michael Owen, like I, I, again going back to the punditry, th- punditry thing, I think I don't think Michael Owen is a great pundit. Like no. I, I wish they'd mute him, apart from when he's talking about strikers, because I think listening to Michael Owen talk about strikers is fascinating. Because he actually gives more insight than most yeah, strikers does, to be fair, do. He does have Joe, to... about the movement and the finishing, yeah. and so this is Michael Owen tweeted quite a, a fairly lengthy tweet. But the reason I started reading it was because he agreed with what I was saying. I've just said, he says that finish from Darwin Nunes yesterday was insane. I can't stop watching it. I can't. I can't begin to explain how difficult a skill that is. Moving at pace, the ball running away from you, being inside the box with no room for error, incredible. And then he puts in capitals, but it's also further proof that if he's to get closer to becoming the great player many people think he can be, he has to adapt his way of thinking. I mean, to even consider that finish is madness. It's a one in 10, two in 10 finish at best. Learning to slot, dink or go around the goalkeeper is a far more productive way to score and will increase his chances to four or five in 10, thus massively increasing his end return. I'm really not trying to rain on his parade as the goal was pure class, but I'd rather see it when Liverpool are 3-0 up, not at 0-0. And I read that and thought, do you know what? Dead interesting. And it is part killjoy, obviously. But I can see what he means. Like, yeah, I can see what he means. But he also, Darwin Nunes is not Michael Owen and we don't want him to be. Yeah. You know, going back to like the the you know the, the loving him thing and why we love him. We don't love him because he misses. We don't love him because he's not as clinical as he could be and all the rest of it. But we, we love him, to go back to the word once more, we love him for his character, don't we? We love him for, like, how he's art on the sleeve. He's a bit of a maverick. And, you know, the game's lacking players like that these days, I think. You know, yeah. it, it is a bit more sort of athletic, robotic. You know, I, I describe Man City uh, in a show I did last week. For I was on the Anfield at the end of last week. I, I said that, like watching them that it's like ai or something you know what i mean it's it's i don't find it exciting to watch man city and i do find it exciting to watch darwin nunes because there is a level of what the fuck's gonna happen next yeah. do you know what i mean and like owen look owen was brilliant and you know i can remember him i was at sheffield wednesday away when he when he he scored there and it was like three three maybe and like couldn't believe the age of him, the size of him, and the goals that were coming out of someone that age and size. And he was unbelievable. He was clinical. He was almost robotic in in how he. Well, he is robotic. Full stop, isn't he? So he, you know, Nunes isn't him, and we don't want him to be. And so I get it. I get what he's saying. 
And there is some value in what he's saying. And you think about like Nunez's goals at Newcastle away. Allegedly, he'd been working on his finishing. And then he went and did that and you were like, oh, yeah. But he'd been working specifically on that finish is what I yeah. read. Like the, you know, hitting it across the goal. Yeah, yeah. First yeah. time cleanly. And so, that's fine. So, yeah, it's a bit of both, isn't it? Like you wouldn't want him to lose what he, he's gone and done there. No, I, I, I'm... I, I'm with what, you, what, you, what you're saying, and this is something I, it's funny actually, like in my other stuff that I'm about to start getting, doing more, we were talking about off, off air before we started, like getting a bit more consistent in doing stuff. It's something I don't like in like the personal development world about advice people give. What what most people give advice in is how to be like them. Yeah. And, like, and I'm always like, no, 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 that's not the point of life. The point is to be the best version of you. Yeah. Not to be as good as you can be like somebody else who's done all right. Like There's a lot of that though, isn't there? Yeah. Like, it's like, well, I did this really well. So that's how you can sort your life. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 fuck that. Like, just because I did it like that doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. That might not work for you. You find what works for you. And I think the better advice for Nunes, because who, who does he remind me most of? His countryman. Like, he reminds me most of Suarez. And he's even got the... Remember Suarez's... We've said this, but Suarez's first season when... Just fucking couldn't stop it in the post. I know, yeah. And we were all like, fucking hell, imagine if he stopped it in the post and just put it a, a, an inch inside. And then he did. And you're like, this is the best fucking player I've ever seen yeah. in my life. He never got, Suarez never became predictable, did he? He never developed a finish. He was just like, watch this. I'll just get better at being the maverick. I'll just get better at being the lad that no one's got a fucking clue what's going to happen. And no one can play me. In fact, as I'm saying that, the only thing this brings to mind that he did do that was predictable was that thing where... And I think everybody should learn how to do this. He'd go to run past someone in the box and just chip the ball towards their hand. To win, to win the handball. And you're like, yeah, yeah, handball. Yeah. And you can imagine him coming every time. Uh, got you again. But the, the, uh, there's a joy to the individuality, isn't there? Of course like, there is. You know, it's like you say that's in what every respect. For, yeah. Like, you know, even when you mentioned the corporate world, there, tangents are there. But like, that's why like LinkedIn fucking bugs me so much. It like, it, like everyone tells you that in the modern world, you've got to be on it and you need to be seen there because it can lead to opportunity and all the rest of it. And to be fair, you know, I, one one or two things that I've done have has come from there. I still fucking hate it though because there's so many people parroting each other and, and, and writing like things that you've seen a million and one times. And you're like, how do you think just parroting that? you know, is going to lead to success. It's just weird. Like, you know, encourage, encourage difference, encourage individuality. That's what we want to see. That's the joy. That's seeing something different, seeing something special is where you're like, wow. And like, I get it if you're saying, because, you know, I'm contradicting myself here about what we said about not shooting from 35 yards. I, I get it if you say work towards a point where you've got a better chance. And, and I'm all for that. But don't coach them to the extent where you're saying, like, you know, you know, are they, are they getting them back when they're analysing that and go, don't do that again, lad? I want them to do shit like that. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and look, you know, we've been on here, haven't we, and said at times he can be infuriating. And, and look, you know, the, I, I think the manager has ever summed it up the best way you can sum it up, really, where he said, can he score more goals or should he have scored more goals? Undoubtedly. Can he be in the position to score more? Is he? Can he improve that? No. Like, because every single game, he's rattling off shots. He's in the in the right places. He's causing people problems. And I think, have, have we? There's, there's some stat I meant to send it to you. 
Soz. It was something like um, in games that he started, we like lost like one in thirty nine or something like yeah. that. Does that that sound about right? Yeah. Well, um, because whatever you think of him, he's a fucking pain in the ass if you're trying to guard against. Exactly because you don't know what he's going to do next, and that's the beauty of him, isn't it? Well, I think that's the thing we've mentioned, it, and I don't think this has been said enough in the mainstream. Like when they're criticising him for big chances missed and all those stats that they love. Like, if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't have been a fucking chance at all. And you see it when he's not there. Like, yeah, we don't create that chance without him. Did you don't see, um, I really like, I tweeted this, um, you know, Barney Roneg in The Guardian. Yeah. Like, he's an incredible writer, I think. Like, his turn of phrase sometimes is just, you're like, oh, yeah, that's why he's writing for The Guardian yeah, and yeah. I'm not. Um, and he, he wrote this. And it, I, I loved it because, like, I woke up and like just going through some of the papers and that read this and it genuinely like just made me smile and I thought boss that so he said um it's a rare quality to improve like this to settle and assert your will after such a difficult start all those days Nunes seemed to spend rumbling about the pitch like an errant Labrador eager but always somehow in the wrong place chewing your slippers knocking over the tree tray drinking out of the toilet <laughs> I just love that, like, because the, yeah. it's right again, it's right, isn't it? Yeah. And again, the manager's talked about it, you know, like, think about him when he first turned up and he's like, nothing defenders and getting sent off. And you're like, what the fuck's going what on here? Doing? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, whoa, yeah. hang on, lad. I know, you know, I know you're from Uruguay and all yeah. that, but hang on, yeah. hang on. That's not what we're into. Yeah. yeah. And like, so there's that balance, isn't there? I mean, I, I can remember Ferguson talking about Rooney like this where it was like unbelievable talent but also like that that like skull edge that like you know the crocs that fit in them like which at times meant he'd do unbelievable things like a proper like what watch this then and he'd just do something that no coach is telling him to do and i remember ferguson getting asked about that and he was like you don't want to take that out of him you don't want to take that out of his game you want to keep that in yeah because that's that's the special thing. That's the, that's the, that's what takes you to another level. That's what wins your trophies. That's what you know gets the fans up off the seats and all that kind of stuff. And Nunes has got that. Yeah. Well, in fairness, I that was a bit. I was a bit I, for a while. I've been a bit worried that that's what they were doing to Curtis Jones. Mm. You know, they were they were coaching that out of him. And I think when I was seeing where that's going, like I think they were pulling him back to let him go again. Do you know what I mean? So he's so he's the all round footballer that we're seeing now. Where and you know. Shows that Jurgen Klopp on seven million pound a year knows more about footy than me. Who fucking knew? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it's a perfect example with with Ferguson and, and Rooney. Um, and look, we're, we're running out of time, so to, just to rattle through a few other a few other stats that that popped up, which sh shows that Joe how incredible we've been really. And so we're the, we're the first Premier League team to have four different players reach ten plus goals in all competitions this season, with Gakpo scoring because that's put Salah on twenty, Nunes on fourteen which is mad considering how much stick he's had. Jota on 14 and Gakpo on 10. Um, Michael Reed, who I think is from Opta, said it's the earliest into a season LFC have done that since 1980-81, in which case um, it was the 31st game. McDermott, Sunes, Dalglish and Johnson. So, we're, I mean, the, the fucking company were keeping with this thing. And, you know, summed up no more so than... It was funny after the game, you know, they mentioned to Virgil, that was your 250th game. And it was funny that he was like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a bit mad. Um but then it came out afterwards, the stats all, again, Michael Reed said, and I saw other people saying this on Twitter, that 
it's he Virgil van Dijk in his first 250 appearances for Liverpool has got the most wins, 171. Yeah, and it, I saw he published a list of like what's this, the top 10, and it just puts into perspective what Klopp has done, considering what our history is. So think about the teams that have been there in the past. So I think about like Paisley. Paisley took over a Shankly team that was great and, and did what he did. And the, 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 in, the, in, the mo in the first 250 appearances for LFC, the most wins, the top of the list is Van Dijk, Alexander-Arnold, Alison Becker, Sadio Mane, Andy Robertson and Mo Salah. You get down to seventh in the list before you hit Alan Kennedy and then Steve McMahon and Ian Rush. And then the next is Wijnaldum. You're like, fucking hell. It's mad, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. But it shows you, again, you know, what we talked about, about like, the, you know, this ridiculous bar now for success. For success. And like, you know, I I said something on, on that rap show I mentioned that went, went on. Um, I said, you know, like, whatever happens. And I'm trying to write a piece on this and I'm being very good at writing last few weeks with, with everything going on. Uh, Sozzy. Um but I said I'm proud of I'm proud of this group of Liverpool players and Liverpool now. Whatever happens, I'm proud of them. And, and like because you, you know all the reasons that we've detailed so many times, including the latest bits of adversity that we've seen over the weekend, more injuries, etc., and then all the city stuff and you know the fact that they're playing by different rules to everyone else. And like you know, as ever, someone's seen it and gone, "Look at him!" Like you know, he definition of top red, and you know, he, he's saying he's proud. They haven't even won nothing yet, and all this. And it, but it, it, it's it's the it's this standard that they're having to reach week by week to even be in contention because of that ridiculous bar that set, and that bar wasn't wasn't there previously. You know, like that's why you're having to get record points totals to win the league and record point totals aren't even winning the league in the past and things like that. I don't know how you can judge a side or, or Liverpool or Klopp's here or anything without considering that. Surely you can't unless you're thick as fuck, uh, which is the only conclusion I can reach. So, yeah, I, I mean, he just said, didn't he, Van Dijk as well? Oh, you know, good, it's playing with good players when he was asked about that stat. But he's, you know, he's, unbe he's unbelievable. He's central to it. And he's another one, isn't he, where, you know, the amount that his game gets picked at by people outside our bubble, I'll never sort of understand it. Like, if you know about Footy and you watch Footy, you'll just know that he's a brilliant centre-half and has been superb for Liverpool and has been a great signing for Liverpool. And that's it. You don't need to say, well, in fact, he did get dribbled past by X or Y or what about when he did this at Arsenal? Arsenal? Like, you know, like stuff like that just shows you how brilliant he's been for us. And we all, you know, lots of us thought, is he ever going to reach, you know, the imperious level again? And then, you know, he's been back up there. And okay, there have been times where, you know, he's be, he's had a bit of an off day or whatever. Well, fuck me. What, yeah, he's, the, what the, he's given to Liverpool and them 250 appearances has been all right, you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of them mad things, isn't it? And I, look, at the beginning of the season, I said, look, when you, you you say certain things out loud that you think, oh, it's not allowed to say. And I was like, I, I, he hasn't reached his, his peak again. And then since then, he has. Like, he's just back to where he used to be, isn't he? And I, I see people saying... Was it We are spoiled. But I, I see people questioning inside and outside the fan base, but mainly outside, like... Um, how can you possibly claim he's the greatest Premier League defender of all time? Like John Terry did it for fucking ten years. When I'm like, 
all right, he hasn't had the fucking chance to do that. Like, time, he hasn't done time yet. He can't, he's a good defender. He can't bend time. Like, like, we can judge that in a few years, whether he's as good as, as Terry. But the reality as well is, everyone seems to forget, John Terry made mistakes too. Yeah. Like, every great defender we've ass. ever seen in our life and anyone's ever seen from whatever era, they all made mistakes. They all fucked up. They all had off days. They all had a... Out striker make a tit of them. My fa- my favorite thing of Carragher is I was at the game away at Highbury when mm. uh, they just sat him on his ass and you're like, you can see Carragher being like, fucking hell, I do not like playing against you. You're fucking too good. That's life. That's just the way it goes sometimes. He's been unbelievable. And it, it I mean, the reality is that record and him being at the top of it is no coincidence, is it? He came into our side with Becker and just transformed everything what a what an unbelievable sign and we'll wrap up by um having a little chat about the the title race and we'll we'll push we'll push jabby alonso watch into the patreon if you want to come over there and, and hear, hear us talk more shite um <laughs> city obviously dropped points which was yeah. unexpected but nice um so if they win if they win the game in hand they'll be there's likely only going to be two points separating the top three and a handful of goals and f- i'm going back to what you just said there is a there's a realistic possibility this year that the third place team in the Premier League will get ninety points. Which is madness. Which is fucking madness. Yeah. You might get ninety points in the Premier League and not even finish second. It's just insane. Um, but the, I thought the big thing about them lo- dropping points also also means we don't have to beat them at home now. We can go into that game and get a draw. And I know that could let Arsenal sneak in, but that's I think that's big for that game. Not that we won't try and beat them and not that we won't be all out to beat them and Anfield will be on fire and all the rest of it. But I think that's big psychologically because they have to come to Anfield now probably with the mindset of, do we need to beat Liverpool here? And if they have to come and try and beat us, changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, we all have to play United and Spurs, which is mad at this stage of the season, isn't it? It's interesting that us and Arsenal have to play United away and City have to play them at home. But we play Spurs at home and City and Arsenal, I think both have to go to Spurs away. Now, especially for Arsenal, that's big because it's a derby. I know we've still got to go to Everton, but two different ends of the spectrum, aren't they? Like, we've got this thing about the derby and all that. But at the end of the day, and we'll see, this might come back to bite me because we can drop points against Everton, of course we can. Everton are nowhere near as good as Spurs. So I'd rather be going away to Everton than away to Spurs in a derby right now. Um, and look, if you watch the City game, if they played that game another 99 times, they'd win the 99 times because we saw Haaland missing chances and sitters. And I know Edison made a big save at 1-0. Arsenal look like they're very much clicking into gear. So it's they've had a couple of fixtures that have gone their way. It should be interesting to see how they, they go in their next big game. They've still got to go away to City, Spurs, Brighton and Man United. And I, and I only spotted as I did this, their last game is Everton at home, which that imagine that. Imagine they've got to beat Everton and Everton need to win to stay up. And we need Everton to get points for us to win the league. What a, fucking com- <laughs> what a combination that would be for Everton. Imagine the Everton's dilemma, the Evertonians dilemma with that. Like, so you can win and stay up and you hand the league to Liverpool. Their 20th league title, fairy tale for Klopp. Or you just can draw or lose and go down, but they don't win the league. Bloody Imagine. Um, and City's big games are home to Arsenal United and away to Awesome Spurs. So a lot, 
a lot coming up. How are you, how are you feeling about it now? You tweeted, and this is my big thing, 13 to go. By the time you watch this or listen to this, we'll just be able to play Luton at home. Yeah. After that, it's 12 to go. And I think that's it. It is. Joe, people have been saying it's 13 cup finals plus a cup final, plus an actual cup final. How are you feeling? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it proper, you know, not that it, it didn't before, but, you know, it's proper title race, title race stuff now, isn't it? Like, you can feel it now. And like, you know, I didn't watch, purposely didn't watch City because I just, uh, you know, just I didn't want to. I didn't want to sort of have that tension. I thought, you know, don't get me wrong, I was keeping an eye on, you know, every now and again, what's, what score is it and things like that. But I just thought, I, I'm getting to the stage of the season where I'm not I'm not watching them. I'll leave them to it and we'll just see what happens. Obviously seeing the highlights back and all that kind of stuff. What, what was interesting to me when I, when I sort of took in the media around what they'd done and, and, and saw bits on Twitter, etc., is A, how much Harlem was fuming about he's missed the chances and then B, Guardiola absolutely fuming as well. And it was like, oh, well, you know, in another life, surely you'd just be saying, well, it's only a draw. And that shows you that, you know, for all this coolness that they like to to have about themselves and, you know, we're we're machine-like and we're we're just on the march and we're going to hoover up every trophy. You saw little cracks there, I thought, where you're like, they know. They know. They know that there's every chance they don't win it. And they know that dropping two points today is massive. So they know. It's written on their faces. It's written on how they just acted there. They know. Well, so I, I enjoyed seeing that they well, know. Isn't it funny that, like, the Haaland comparison here is, as I say, and Chelsea had a chance as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Chelsea, as I say, Chelsea had a boss chance yeah. at 1-0 to go 2-0 up. Um, but it, even you just saying that, then there's just an air of Rocky Four about it, isn't there? Doing the and the Hall and Drago comparisons, just that the the fight at the end when gets to the point where Drago's in his corner going, he's not, he's not fucking human him. Yeah, <laughs> like this isn't on. Yeah, you can imagine that. Just keep winning. There'll, there'll be a bit here where Haaland's going, but hang on, aren't we the? Aren't we the boss ones? And Guardiola's well, the there going, and a few of the lads who were there last time we won it going. These are cunts. Yeah. Like You've honestly, got eight injuries and they're still yeah. they're still doing this. Yeah, who's Connor Bradley? <laughs> oh, how the fuck is this? How is Trent Alexander Arnold injured? And they've got this lad. You're yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, I know. And it, and it, this is what I mean about about sort of being proud of, of them because they just keep going. They just keep finding a way. You know, like I say, I think it was perfectly acceptable to say that it looked like a bit of a dodgy one, Brentford, and then they just gone and blown them away. No problem at all. Put a load of goals on the on the board as well, uh, which you know could prove crucial. Like you know, City more than capable of going tonk on someone as well, of course, and getting it back up. But as things stand, we've got like a little a little gap on them now, goal difference wise, which which could end up being crucial. So yeah, Absolutely. it's it, it's brilliant. And like you know, on we roll now to, to Luton, and we just got to keep it up. And I think it is it, it is at the stage now where you're just like you know every single game now. The, the only worry is, is all these injuries, isn't it? it it's like, you know, you, you're just like, for fuck's sake, there's, there's two different, you know, it's that thing where you think two different things every time. Like one, fuck's sake, another key player going down, another key player rumoured to be out for two months in the case of Jota now. But then equally, there's another part of brain every time going, they'll just find a way though. They keep finding a way. There's so many players there. Like, you know, like, there's a report I just read before we just started, which I hope is not true about him. Um, 
Saying Salah's felt something. Know, did, you, did you read that though? Did you read it where it came no. from? Egypt. So, someone from like, like someone from the I don't know whether it was ex national team or national on Egyptian TV saying, "Yeah, I've heard I've heard Salah might be injured. Hopefully, it's not true. It might be though." And you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about, mate? Where have you? How come you've yeah. got that scoop and nobody else has?" Well, it's the same with the Jota one. Like everyone's reported that, isn't it? Haven't they? And, and look, it might be out there properly by now because obviously Klopp will do his his press conference before Luton and all that, but it was like reports from Portugal. Yeah. Like, who, who from? Yeah. <laughs> How quickly he's flown back to Portugal and been sorted already. Just what? some lad smashing the Superbach or whatever it's called and yeah. just like ring, you know, it was out for two months. But you know what? I think this is something about you just touched on that. We'll have, we'll have to wrap up, but, but we could talk about this for ages. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll jump into it on, on the Patreon. Um, the Jota thing's interesting because if that's true, that report, it's like, He's getting injured just as Salah comes back and he could be back for the run-in. And I think there's just... Klopp referenced this last week or the week before. There's been this like weird thing this year where like lads have got injured just as other people have stepped in. And don't get me wrong, we have had a couple of things like Quansar being great out the blue and Bradley being great out the blue and that's made a massive difference. Jones randomly playing right back. <laughs> yeah. But this like... Like just... Serendipity. Is that the right way for it? Like... Just just seems like these Endo comes back from the Asia games to allow McAllister to play further forward, just as Jones gets a knock. And you're like, oh, well, hang on. Jota, Salah's back. Jota, imagine Jota coming back for the last like five games of the season to give us that boost to get over the edge. To And he's had a little rest in the meantime. If he comes back in the form he was, he's been in. I don't know. And look, to, to wrap it up, to go to the bookies that we always like to, to mention what the bookies are saying. And I was, I've, I used to be a betting man and I'm not anymore, but always think the bookies know what they're talking about most of the time. All of a sudden, City have, having been odds on the entire season, they're now down to evens and we're down to seven to four. Arsenal are also being pulled into seven to two. But that's the bookies going, ah, this is getting interesting now, mm. isn't it? So, And also, think you know, seeing a bit of a chink in the, in the City armour, like, you know, like, um, he, even the manner of like Sterling's goal, it's like, you know, he does that turn. Yeah, he always does that turn. He played for you. Uh, How yeah. many times has Kyle Walker <laughs> done that against him in training? It's like, oh fuck. But it's like you think. I, I don't know. You look. We're all looking for signs. It's like you're thinking. Oh, is it just getting to them this a bit? Well, think you know about I mean? think about the way Chelsea look, looked human, did, didn't they? I mean, if you see the Chelsea chances that they they didn't even get a shot on target away from. And you look at the way we play, that against playing like that against us, our forward line would be like, yeah, Sam, Salah running around the back, yeah. Nunes and Salah, like, all right, we'll have yeah. this every day of the fucking week, lads. So, yeah, because they look, they look, I mean, you know, they can still go on and prove you to be a, a, a you know, a tit at any point, obviously, because of the resource they've got. But they do look like, a little bit open, a little bit ragged, like they give you a chance a bit more yeah. than they have done yeah. previously. Considering you know they play with four centre-backs, yeah. do you know what I mean? And this is the bit no one likes to really talk about. But anyway, look, we'll have to wrap up because we've been going for ages now. Um, we're going to go and do the Patreon show straight after this. So if you want to hear us talk more about this, maybe we'll talk more. We're going to talk about Xabi Alonso. We're going to talk about um, the bald ref conspiracy that we didn't get to last week and about how the world's going to turn into even more Black Mirror than it already is, if we've got time can't fit it all in if you want to join us over there 
look for the link underneath the podcast or the YouTube show. That link will take you to a free trial and you can listen or watch for seven days totally for free to check whether you like it. It's all pretty self-explanatory. Check it out. See what you think. If you don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine. We know money's tight for a lot of people. Help us out. Subscribe on YouTube. That's completely free. I was thinking the other week, I bet the people would be like, what's the difference between subscribing on YouTube and subscribing on Patreon? Click the subscribe button on YouTube. It doesn't cost you anything. It just makes YouTube show us to more people. Click the like button. Tell your mates about it if you like it. Send us some comments. Let argue us with me in about. the comments. Yeah, just argue with Robbo. Argue <laughs> with Robbo on any social media platform you can, and it'll boost the algorithm for us. I'll I'll start. What I'll do is, if you want something, I'll give you some like tips. I might do that. Start running a show on tips of how to get under Robbo's skin. Yeah, this will get him. If you don't, if you haven't figured Tweet that out, someone tell him that you're interrupting Kopi all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves that one. Tell him you talk. He talks over me, and to stop it, he fucking loves that one. <laughs> That's it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We love your support as always. See you next week.